Howdy, and thanks for tuning in to the Homestretch Podcast, 101 Plus Tips for Navigating Assisted Living and Nursing Homes. My name is Chad Schmidt, and here you'll learn the questions to ask from the professionals, researchers, and the institutions to help you make a more informed decision. Today we're going to sit down with a memory care community, and there's three very important things to mention. The first is that I'm not endorsing this business. The second is that these are some of the beliefs and practices that they are implementing, but there's no scientific research and clinical trials that they have either done themselves or that they are following. And the last is that with the weaving together of the points in this episode, which are how light influences behavior, the power of pattern and collaborating with others to meet the demands of society that you allocate about 38 minutes of time to listen to this episode in its entirety. So let's dig right in. Now, Jen, before we got started with this interview, we were talking a little bit about a facility and a community. So do me a favor and share with the listeners, what's What's the difference? Absolutely. Thank you, Chad, for coming around today. We're really pleased to be a resource for you uh, since you're navigating the, um, the waters of what was out there before and what's there now in the, in the way of assisted living and dementia care. So the, the big factor here is uh, you have large communities and you have small communities. And then you've got group homes, and there's a difference between these. Generally, the larger communities are referred to as facilities because of the licensing terminology that's used by most states. Now, typically what you will find is that those large facilities are really facilities because they have lots of corridors, they feel like going to a hospital, they feel like you're being medically treated somehow, and it's a medical type of leaning rather than a social type of leaning. So when we set out to create Evergreen Cottages, the idea was to create a community of 16 residents who get to know each other. And the community has a community leader in the way of an executive director. And the executive director directs a staff who is well-trained in creating that community feeling within a space that is larger than a home. Each individual has their own residential unit which is inside a building that creates the community they have their own bathrooms they have all of their own amenities just like they would at home the difference is that there is a common space right at the middle of the community with a kitchen at the heart of the home so an open plan beautiful looking community and so that's the difference in our opinion of what a facility is versus what a community can be, an well, evergreen cottage. Well, and what's, what's coming to my mind is my grandma, the first one that passed away, who was in a facility, so to speak, and I, I just remember being about eight years old, and the smell that right when you walk in the door, there's that, that repulsive smell that just kind of like takes you, and, and every time I think about an assisted living or nursing home, that's what comes to my mind. And as I go to visit 
not just the evergreen cottages, but several other places that are more of a community, I don't smell that. So it's changing my interpretation and the senses that come back from the trauma when I was eight years old, right. seeing my first grandma. So we want to center our conversation around what is it that you guys are doing to help with the memory care and enhance the cognitive ability of the residents here. And I'm going to give an opportunity to the rest of his team to, to kind of chime in here. We're sitting with five other people besides Jen and myself. So do, does anybody want to kind of share a little bit about what you guys do to enhance that, the brain function of the residents here? Our goal every day when we come in is to provide great quality of life. Um, as we move residents in, we explain that to their families. So we're willing to reach out and do whatever we need to to bring that happiness to them. Uh, we try to give them meals that brings back memories to them. Uh, we want to make sure that they're eating well. We laugh, we joke with them, we like to dance with them. Uh, different things that just get them going. Um, in the meantime, while we're doing this dancing, we're also getting their blood flowing. We're exercising with them. So we're doing heart healthy things at the same time, but we're still enhancing that great quality of life. Well, Vivian mentioned about the frequency of the light that's being emitted, the choice actually. Uh, the lighting is also at a um, certain lumens and it's, it's 5,000 lumens to be exact when it's at its brightest. And that can um, help with the um, circadian rhythms and, and behaviors that can be going on with the residents at that point in time. I don't know what circadian rhythms are. So what is the that? circadian rhythm helps, everybody has one to, to did you know your wake and sleep cycles? So we can control those wake and sleep cycles with just the lighting. We can get it bright and get them up and moving around. And then when it's evening time, you know, because daylight savings time comes and it's nine o'clock and it's still sun out, we can also um, lower the lighting to help um, lower their moods and their anxieties. So we use the lighting for those, those purposes. We also keep the light on just enough at night to where if they get up in the middle of the night, they can still see, but it's not so bright that they can't go back to sleep. And, and even, I think that there's, you know, about a, a quilt or a blanket that somebody had made that allows for the person that wants to eat in their room that's not maybe socializing with the rest of the group for whatever reason, that the caretaker that goes in there has pictures or has a tool to reference to hopefully try to engage the memory of what's left and talk about who is that in the picture? Who is that on the blanket, so to speak, right? Um, I'll speak up. First of all, um, I want to correct that where we try to limit any residents eating in their rooms. We don't want that isolation. Plus, it's a risk factor that if they're in their room eating, they could choke or anything. So we do offer family-style dining that the residents sit at the table where we're engaging with them. We're right there if there's any problems during the meal as well as engaging in conversation. But when we're having circle time or just sitting and conversating, we will bring that quilt out, which was made um, by one of the families for a resident. And it's a great conversation starter. It does get the whole group going when you're pointing at it and you're saying, well, who is this? 
will tell me about your relationship with this person and look at you on this picture and you know it brings back those memories for them so we ask families all the time to bring in old pictures or family pictures favorite different items and it really jogs their memory so well and going back to what jen was saying is that you guys have this community here where every because there's not as many residents that are here at the your, your cottage that everybody really kind of is aware of what's happening with everybody you know i can remember hearing about somebody that you know called you know where my mom was at today to ask if they ate and they didn't know because they weren't the care person that was responsible so they had to go get somebody else that was actually there to see whether or not my mom ate and they got back to me later instead of being able to have an answer so it really that community allows for even though it's smaller and it might not be this massive facility with hundreds of beds and a staff that you know has a huge payroll you know you guys have been able to figure out how to maximize the engagement and interaction it sounds like um, for that person that's making the decisions that isn't here that wants to know what's going on with my dad, my mom, my, my son, whoever it is that's at your, your home here, they don't have to wait for an answer because everybody knows the answer. Exactly. So, so whoever answers the phone is able to answer the question basically because we're all out there in the one common area. So we're all in the know. But even when Vanessa, our operations manager, comes to the different cottages, she's able to answer because she's out there and involved and engaging with the residents as well. When Jim comes in, he as well comes out and speaks to the residents and engages with them. He knows the family, so we're just like one big family. We don't keep secrets from one cottage to the next. We discuss these things and we share, especially our great stories, our success stories, we share. But as well as our rough days, we share them and we help each other to know how to deal with things better the next time. Mm -hmm. Helps being small. Yeah. And, and Vivian, you kind of talked to me a little bit about when a new resident comes in here, you know, the process that you guys go through to be able to create and include them in, in some conversations. Can you talk a little bit about when a new resident comes in? What is it that you guys do to, to be a little bit more welcoming? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you're, I can see you're a little bit nervous. Don't worry. We're just having a conversation here. No, definitely. Uh, prior to someone coming, as everyone has mentioned, uh, there's a lot of conversation with the family, getting to know the basics from, you know, the current state of the, uh, the person moving in. How are they? What's their... Uh, mobility, their, you know, how advanced their dementia is to be able to, to assist them more. So that's more, as always, communication between family members and the, um, the executive directors to, to best serve them and, and be able to accommodate them. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I don't know how many of you have visited other, uh, quote unquote, memory care, um, homes and facilities to kind of see what's out there. But for somebody that's listening that, you know, has been thrust into this position where they now are in an emergency and they have to find a solution 
and they don't really know what to look for and what things to be aware of, what advice would any of you recommend to somebody that, you know, in Europe that is going to go through this process and they don't know what to do, but they know that they need some type of Alzheimer's care or memory care or their, their relative or loved one has dementia, what is it that they should be aware of to look for before making that rash decision to, well, this seems like it's the best fit because I didn't have enough time to do enough research and find out what is it that I actually should be paying closer attention to. What would you, what would you guys, if any, advice have for that person? Um, for the family who's never done this before, um, I've suggested in the past, and I'll continue to suggest that when they do tour a community, talk to the residents, talk to the staff. If there's a family member there, talk to the family member, especially if um, there's similarities with, with the resident who's going to be moving in and the, you know, with the family that's already there, because everybody kind of looks at it from a different perspective, you know what I mean? Plus, when they are at that community, um, hearing, hearing the staff, hearing the family members, and being able to talk, even sometimes to the residents, they'll see it from that perspective. Because sometimes when you go on a tour, especially when you go in a large communities, you're talking to somebody who's in charge of sales. You know what I mean? And talking to somebody in charge of sales, they have one job. And sometimes that doesn't necessarily, not all the time, but sometimes that doesn't necessarily translate to what is actually happening on the floor. So being given a chance to talk to family members to, so that they can actually get a good feel of what really is happening. How is mom or dad really going to be taken care of instead of reading a brochure, instead of getting a sales pitch? Because you, you, as you go to different communities and you talk to different um, sales and marketing team, it all kind of starts to sound the same. It's when you really feel that connection with the caregivers. Because ultimately, who's going to be taking care of mom or dad? It's not the sales team. It's the ones that are on the floor. So it'd probably be a great idea to at least get their voice, to at least hear what they do for the residents day in and day out. And, and I want to also ask, based on you know, what you just shared, I believe each one of you has had the opportunity to work in a larger facility where you see more of a corporate um, approach where maybe a, a decision that you would like to make because it's probably better suited for care, it actually can't be made because there's so many upper level management stages that got to go through the chain of command before you can actually provide the care. And by the time that the care is needed, it, that moment has gone and passed. So have each of you had that opportunity to work at you know, larger facilities versus medium and now even what I would consider this more of like a boutique where it's a smaller operation, but the care is as close to what you could get as one-on-one, -on -one, but even though that's probably the most expensive, you know, you guys have been able to figure out how to efficiently manage people, resources, the residents, and, and make a cost-effective option. Obviously, not everybody is qualified for the care that you guys provide, but you do the best that you can, right? That's great. Okay. Go ahead, Jim. So, we, Chad, it all starts with the design. So, when we look at uh, how to deliver care, we have to look at the design of a building. We have to look at the person and that interaction between the space and uh, their current condition. 
So when you look at a dementia resident, there are some common things that um, you'll find across most dementia residents. Uh, one of them is wandering. They love to wander around. Given the opportunity, they would wander around, and that's why you find these billboards with signs on it says missing, uh, you know, missing person from a community. Well, if the community is designed the way that we sat down to build ours, you create these walking paths within the building. You create the opportunity for the resident to be active within the building. But at the same time, you create an opportunity for the resident caregivers to be able to see uh, through using an open plan on the, on the community uh, design. The open plan design allows for our caregivers to see the resident no matter where they are in the building. If they go off to their room, which is a more private space, then we know that they've gone there. So the, the care quality um, is enhanced by just being able to interact in that way with the resident through the building design. And then the openness of the building from the front to the back allows for the resident, although they are inside a locked community um, for their safety, but they're at the same time able to look out the front and the back of the building seamlessly and then out the sides through their, through their um, bedroom windows and see a familiar setting like they would at home. And that's the major difference when you look at uh, the facility versus the community and how we've been able to take that model, redesign a, um, an ideal community, create that home away from home, and then enhance the feeling of safety, um, of togetherness in a space where this great care can be given. So probably highly sought after by a couple different companies, but why is it that you decided to come work with, with Jin's team here over all of the other options that you had uh, at well, your disposal? The main attraction really for me is when I interviewed for the position, and I've told them this when they interviewed me, it literally felt like walking into somebody's home. It did not feel institutionalized because my background has been with the bigger communities and also skilled nursing. And that has always been my struggle personally as a nurse. Like how do we can transition residents coming from home to these huge boxes, to these huge warehouse looking buildings, you know what I mean? Like, yes, you can put all the amenities, you can put the nicest furnitures, but do residents really care about that? Or do they want to feel like they are at home again, even though they are transitioning to a new community? So when I opened that door and when I first met with Vanessa, I'm like, you're barely finishing up with breakfast. And like you said earlier, food, you can like, it literally felt like walking into somebody's home. And as soon as I walked in, I'm like, I'm, I'm hooked, I'm in. I'm just hoping not to be given the opportunity to be part of this team. But that to me was the main draw. It did not feel institutionalized. It did not feel like a building. It felt like a home. So if it felt like that for me, I could just imagine how it would be like for a resident as they transition to into a new stage in, in their life and also for the families that are involved. Well, and, and how long have, who's, who's got the longest tenure here in the community? Okay, so, you know, how long have you been here? Since the beginning. Which is? Um, 2012. 2012, mm -hmm. okay, and you've been here since about that same time? I was asked to come when they, we opened. So maybe a couple of months. Yes, a couple of months. months. After 2013, it was, it was probably about March. So seven years in, why is it that you still 
you know, with all of the challenges that come with being a part of this business and, you know, seeing people in the certain condition that they're in and, and their slow demise, I mean, let's call a spade a spade, that's what it is. What is it that keeps you motivated every single day just to keep coming and being excited to come to work? This is my family. These residents became my family and their families became our families. I just love it. Um, and yes, we have our sad times too because when we lose residents, we mourn the resident plus losing their family because we don't usually get to see them again either. So you have those, those days as well, but for the most part, you get to come in you get to care for these residents that need you. Um, they, they need 100% of you. And I find it just, I feel like they deserve that. They deserve to have the best part of you every day when you come in. And we've, we've just all been able to establish that same feeling. Um, all, all of us have been, so. And, and your business, Jen, continues to thrive as a result of, of all of these components that you put together so that's correct and you know it's uh, the, the good thing about evergreen cottages is that we have no quotas so there's no pressure on our people to go out and sell something um, there's no pressure on us to build the next community we build when we see the need when we see that our communities are, are full and they're thriving we go and build another building so we, for the longest time, had one building. We established our systems. We found things that we were not good at and, and corrected that, brought in the resources that needed to be brought in. We have an open door policy. Uh, we're here to learn. We want to learn every day. This journey that we're on, uh, this whole Alzheimer's and dementia is coming at us. I always say this to our team. It's coming at us like a train. If you look at what's happening out there, there's this, what everybody's terming uh, the silver tsunami. There's thousands of people turning 65, tens of thousands of people in the United States turning 65. Every day. day. And then you've got thousands of people who are turning 80. And the dementias that are related to old age are one part. There's so many different dementias. And it's not just Alzheimer's disease, although that is the big one. Um, there are so many other dementias and conditions that affect the mind and people's ability to do um, the daily activities of living, dressing, bathing. For us, it's a passion on the one side. Um, the business aspect is that we have to provide a, um, a comfortable place, uh, a modern place, a safe place for residents. But at the same time, the other side of it uh, is the resident care and we can't lose focus of that um, it doesn't matter how many people come through the door and visit and tour our communities we're also looking for the right fit um, there are times when we've looked at the resident's family and if we felt that there was better need or better care available for them somewhere else we would tell them that um, you know there's there's a question of affordability there's the question of uh, suitability medically. We're not a medical community. So sometimes folks would come to us and they're more suited to go to a nursing home. We'll direct them there. And with that partnership that we have in our community, the partnership we have in the industry, we cooperate with folks down the road from us who may be 
in, in most people's eyes, maybe doing the same thing that we're doing. And oftentimes we've had people comment and say, that was very strange. Why would you send me to your competitor? Well, there are no competitors in this industry. Um, we're here to provide the best care. And if we all enter our day, um, every single day with that understanding that there are no competitors, we're all in this together, whether it's a large facility down the road or a small community, we all have to work together to uh, meet the demands of what society is throwing at us. Mm -hmm. These are un, uh, uncharted territories. Um, nobody knows. We haven't yet seen the first dementia or Alzheimer's survivor. So who knows what's out there? We don't know when all of this started. We can just guess that Alzheimer's disease in, in one person manifested in a certain way. Um, some of our residents probably had symptoms 20 years ago. I spoke with a resident just this afternoon and the husband said to me that he had um, an idea that his wife probably had dementia in 2002. Well, they came to us in 2012, 10 years later, after having gone through the, the journey of discovering what it means to have uh, Alzheimer's disease, and then coming 10 years down the road before they really needed care. So sometimes people need care within a few weeks of being diagnosed, and sometimes people need care years later. We don't know why, and, but we do know this. There are more and more people in our, in our society, all around us, in every city, in every state, that do not have the answers. So together, perhaps, we can find answers. Perhaps we can find uh, different ways of doing things, um, talking to each other, learning from each other. Is it the games? Is it the activities? Is it the food? So we're trying all types of different things. And nothing's lost. We just have to try. We don't know scientifically whether something really works. But we have to ask ourselves a question. Is fresh fruit and fresh vegetables good? Does it help? Well, who knows? We can just try it. That's the best thing we can do. Take the preservatives out of food. Um, don't serve canned food where possible. Serve fresh cooked meals. Uh, serve the foods that uh, the residents would get nutritious value from. And so these are, these are things that are on the journey uh, for, for discovery. Um, we, we're right now in the middle of uh, changing out our flower beds and introducing some edible foods into our flower beds. The idea is that we are evergreen. Um, let's not just plant pretty flowers. Alongside that, let's plant some edible foods that could benefit our residents. So if you look out the window, you'll see that our beds are being redone. And over the coming weeks, there'll be spinach growing in our front garden. <laughs> People will say that's crazy, but that's exactly the reaction we had. But there's, there's people out there, you know, we listened to a, a, a news article about a lady who uh, did this in the UK. And she's got this big movement of people now transplanting uh, their vegetables to their front and backyards and sharing this bounty of, um, of uh, edible foods. Um, we're already sprinkling and watering and fertilizing our gardens. Why not make that into food? Um, and then share it with our community, share it with our residents. Let them eat fresh food right out of our garden. Mm -hmm. So 
you'll get a chance to see our backyard and um, our herb garden, introducing those little uh, things to our, our uh, recipes and the food that we serve. Mm -hmm. Maybe, who knows? Does it make a difference? We think it will. Uh, there's nothing to be lost. Why not try? Mm -hmm. So that's what Evergreen's all about. That's what the community is all about. Just imagine somebody visiting us and us being able to pull out a bunch of carrots out of the garden and say, well, since you're visiting me, go with these carrots and taste these. They come straight from our garden. It's the same thing our residents eat. Mm -hmm. So we must look at the design. One of the big issues that you face in facilities is the design is optimized for the most rooms, the most revenue. Our balance is creating a space where it's large enough, and we're almost a 10,000 square foot building, so by no means are we a small um, you know, four-bedroom four house in the suburbs. Uh, these are purpose-built design uh, buildings. And we can bring all these care components um, because we have all the space available. And we can let the family members and the residents feel that they're in their own home just by creating that setting. And, and the other thing to add to that is when I was walking with uh, Vivian last week, she pointed out that there's no numbers on the doors and there's no names on the doors. And that, that I'm curious if by not having those, is the memory care resident that you have here able to through patterns like the daylight, are they able to remember which room is theirs? Yes, yes they are. Yes. And then a lot of times they'll put a wreath or a picture or something on the door. Um, but yes, they still know after, just after a pattern or they walk straight to their room. And you could actually move their room to the other side of the building and they will always continue to go back to the original room because that's where they know to go to. Mm -hmm. And that's also... Um, one of the reasons why we are a, a community because if you are in a large facility, the residents will feel as if that they are in this kind of big step-down hospital, you know, and they'll see their name right there by the door or whatever. Uh -huh. But being here it makes also give them the kind of orientation at home, like if you are in your house, Evidently, you're not going to have your name in front of your room mm -hmm. in your own house. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And then also, if you notice our staff that takes care of the uh, our resident, do, do, if you see them, you don't see them per se wearing this scrub with these large names as you will see in the big facility. And some people have asked us before that why don't our staff have the names and then we have the um, memory care um, residents. But, you know, we have never had problems with our staff not wearing this scroll because when we see, when we notice, we observe that when our residents see the staff, they see the staff as people coming in their home to help out, mm -hmm. to assist them. Not like you would see in this large facility where, you know, they're there to take care of them. Just, you know, it's, it's just this sense of 
I'm in my house, these people just come in to help me. I'm not in a, a facility that they just tell me what to do or they just throw me around. Because when we're talking about the memory issues, it has stages, right? Some of our residents are still in their early stages that they know what's going on, they understand what's going on, and they have made connection with our staff to the point that they know their name, you know, because like, um, Helen was saying earlier, based on what you were asking, that if um, what uh, advice do you want to give to the prospect um, family that's looking for a place for their mom, one of the things you want to ask them is that how long they have their staff, what is the, um, you know... The turnover? Yeah, the turnover of the staff, and not only the staff, the managers, the directors, you know, what is that turnovers? And then by that, they can get if this particular place is the right place for their mom because, you know, if they don't have any stability, they don't have the staff that stays longer than maybe three months or four months or a year, how are they able to provide consistent care to the, to the um, residents that already have... Well, to, well and I want to piggyback off of that is mm -hmm. because you're... Uh, the, the people that are caring for the residents don't have name tags mm -hmm. and they aren't wearing a scrub mm -hmm. per se mm -hmm. that does that obviously I can see that it's challenging the resident to remember, remember exactly. certain things mm -hmm. um, are you finding that it actually does help with their memory or their ability by just something as simple as remembering somebody's name yes, that it translates yes. into other areas? Yes, it does. It does. And I have a perfect example. I used to have um, a resident that it, she is far gone in her journey of the um, dementia. And then I was you know, taking care of her. But like, I don't have a name on my chest or anything. And I went away for a couple of months, you know, and uh, I came back and she was the first person to give me a hug and just like, and I was really, really surprised because I would never thought because this is, the, this is someone that did not recognize her own son anymore, unfortunately does not recognize any family member that she used to be. So like, go back to what you said, yes, it does. And we have seen that increase that it helps them to identify her staff and us, they know us and there was no, there has never been a challenge for us that her staff do not have the typical, you know, image of the staff you will find in um, nursing homes or maybe in a hospital. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for, you know, the amount of attention to detail that you've put into almost every component of your business from even the bathroom. Uh, and I'm, in a moment here, I'm wanting to hopefully do a, a video of the importance of and the structure of why you have a bathroom set up the way that you do because not every, not every place that is geared to taking care of somebody that needs assistance has a bathroom quite like yours. So I'm hoping to be able to, to not just create a video content in addition to this audio, but you know some other uh, tool that people can actually see what it is that we're gonna be talking about. Yes, absolutely. And thanks for recognizing that 
it takes a village to take care of all our residents, but at the same time, you know, attracting good people to work with us um, is a very, very important part of taking care of our residents. We have to set a goal so high uh, that our ultimate goal is to be the best memory care place there is out there. Uh, when we have that type of a vision, then the right people come to the table and you can see them around um, our table today. And then it extends beyond our caregivers and our um, uh, executive directors who are here every day, their nurses, they have compassion for taking care of people. We find those, you know, we get hundreds of applications from people who just simply want a job. So some of the challenge that we face is finding those with the heart um, to put into the uh, care, and they are out there. Uh, well, and Alan is the newest addition, probably, right? Yes, uh, Alan, how long have you been here? A um, month now. And, and you probably were... I want to thank Jen for inviting not only myself, but uh, you, the listener, into his business as he shared quite a bit of information and hopefully you were able to have some great takeaways, maybe even some questions to consider asking before you go into a facility or a home. And just to reiterate, this is not an endorsement for Jen's business. Now we did do a recording of Jen's bathroom. So if you wanna see that, the easiest way is to go to homestretch101.com Go ahead and click on the video section and you'll be able to see a link to our channel as well as uh, other videos that we have posted. So thank you so much for tuning in until our next conversation. The time that we have left with our loved ones is precious, so may it be abundant.